It's me. It's your man. It's your main man. It's old Walls. I'm back with you. Episode number 54, 54 of Old Walls House coming your way. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, you know how we're going to get this thing started. We're going to do that housekeeping. If you guys could, do your best to, to rate and review the show. Comment, subscribe, and be sure to share it. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. Tell your family. Tell that dude on the street. Listen to Old Wall's house. That's where it's at. All right, fun show coming up. We got to talk about the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. We've got some hockey to talk about. We got some golf. There's more golf. We're Golf season's underway, ladies and gentlemen. We're in it. We're in it. We got some fight news. We got some fight news. A couple different types of fight news. MJ's back with 60 seconds with MJ. And then, as always, to wrap it up, we got my passing thoughts. So... Without any further ado, let's get into it. NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. I don't know why we need to add the Super in there. It just couldn't still be Wild Card Weekend. It has to be Super Wild Card Weekend. Usually it's the WWE that does this dumb shit where they add these stupid words that have to be said all the time and all the announcers. Super Wild Card Weekend. Now the NFL's doing it too. Oh, well, it was still fantastic. Some might even say super. And there will be more WWE talk later. Just just an FYI for those maybe interested about the ongoing saga in the WWE. But back to the NFL. Back to Super Wild Card Weekend. What a weekend it was, though. Le- like Legitimately, great games. <clears throat> crazy comebacks. Just fun games. One team got a little frisky and decided to blow the, somebody else out. And, hey, it's not done. As I record this, we're just an hour and a half, what, two hours away from the final game. Cowboys at Bucks. What a weekend. I've enjoyed it. It's, uh, oh, is it my second favorite? No. Third favorite? No. I gotta think about this. I gotta think about this. Favorite football weekends is what I'm going for here. Number one is this weekend, divisional playoff weekend. I love it. It's two games each day, and they're usually fantastic games. They were, this was this was an awesome standalone weekend. Usually, though, the wild card weekend can get a little funky. It feels like you get more games now. Back in the day, you used to just get two and two. So, divisional weekend, do I like the conference championships better than the first weekend? I think it goes divisional, conference championships, first NFL opening weekend, then wild card. There you go. So, let's just let's just run down the list. Let's just go in order, talk about some thoughts from each game, man. 49ers. 49ers open us up. They decided to lay the hammer eventually. Let him hang around the first half. Had some struggles in the red zone. I made note. One of three in the red zone in the first half. Didn't have those struggles in the second half. Defense showed up. They allow one touchdown late. But, I mean, essentially shut out the Seahawks in the second half. This 49ers team is good. I I picked last week with Daddy. I said 49ers, Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I see nothing to deter me from that so far. Maybe if the Cowboys look really good tonight, I could maybe, maybe. I think the Cowboys have a high ceiling, but I think they have a low floor, too. We'll see. Yeah, turn turn the game into not much of a competition in the second half. Blow it open. Look very impressive. Brock Purdy still has not lost. He cannot be stopped. He cannot be stopped. Then we go to the night game. And boy, oh boy, were the Chargers laying it on the Jags. They scored four touchdowns in a quarter and a half, added a field goal. So now it's 31-0, a little over halfway, like at three quarters of the way through the second quarter. 
Jags score a touchdown late. So it's 28 to 7. Or 27 to 7 going into half. Sorry, I, I said they scored three touchdowns on a field goal. I said four touchdowns. 27 to 7. Keeps them alive. And then Trevor Lawrence, who was just throwing it to the Chargers, four interceptions in the first half. I think at one point he had as many interceptions as he had completions. He decided to turn it around. Ends up with four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. To match his four interceptions. He got one of those right at the end of the the first half there. And then the comeback was on. The Chargers only scored one more time. They kicked a field goal in the third. But did not score another touchdown other since that touchdown midway through the second quarter. And the Jags, the Jags, I, I stopped watching. Not, I mean, yeah, not totally, but I pretty much did. I put it on the little, on my little TV. I was watching UFC. I have been watching boxing, which was awful too. Mostly I was just rocking out. Had, had a nice playlist going, was drinking some beverages, talking to the dog. Wasn't really paying attention to the football game, and then I had then I realized I was like, holy shit, I should be paying attention to this football game again. Speaking of teams that uh tried to blow it, similar to the way the Chargers did, the Bills, man. They I felt like they did everything they could to lose that game. And but just did just enough to a Dolphins team with a backup quarterback. I mean, it looked like they were gonna blow the doors off them. They had scored a touchdown to go up 20 nothing. I'm like, this thing's over. Over. And then the touchdown gets taken back. And then here come the Dolphins. They were ready to play. They wanted to rumble. They were there to win. Just couldn't quite get it done. But it was, yeah. I, I don't know, man. The The Bills, it worrisome. If I was a Bills fan, worrisome would be the the words I'd use. That didn't make me feel good. Dolphins are tough. What a what a weird season the Dolphins had. I mean, at one point I was saying, are they the best team in the NFL? Then they lose five or six games in a row. I forget the exact. Limp into the playoffs with no quarterback. Just interesting season. Very interesting. The Giants. I may be on the Giants bandwagon. Oh, last note on the Dolphins. No playoff wins since 2000. They won a wild card game in 2000. Have made it back to the playoffs a couple times, but have not won a playoff game since the year 2000. Who was the quarterback in 2000 for the Dolphins? We got to look up what we were working with uh, back then. Let's see. 2000. I mean, this would have been 1990. The 1999. Um... Dolphins team, right? Playoffs are always into the. Let's click. 2000 Dolphins won there. Okay, yeah. 2000 Dolphins won wild card playoffs versus the Colts. 23 to 17 in OT. First season without Dan Marino. Jay Fiedler. Was the quarterback. Who else we got on this team? Running backs. Autry Denson, Deion Dyer, J.J. Johnson, Lamar Smith. No idea. Oronde Gadsden. O.J. McDuffie. I remember O.J. McDuffie. Tony Martin was also a wide receiver. Tight ends. Hunter Goodwin, Alonzo Mays, Jed Weaver. Ooh. No idea. Zach Thomas, middle linebacker. Derek Rogers. Those guys were good. Defensive lineman. Any defensive lineman. Rich Owens, Kenny Mixon, offensive line. Not many people. Man, this is Terrence Sharp. Patrick Sertain. I remember Patrick Sertain. Interesting. Interesting. 11 and 5 that year. 11 and 5. Well, there was a little walk down Dolphins, uh, Dolphins history. So, the Giants. Let's move on to the Giants. Giants and Vikings. Vikings suck. Boo. Some have said, some have said, 
Uh, contributor to the show, Ethan E. Sexton, did say they were the uh, the worst 12 and 5 team he's ever seen. Well, they're no longer uh, competing this year because the Giants took them down. Giants look good, man. Giants look good. No turnovers allowed, no sacks, only punted twice. Daniel Jones, have yourself a day, my man. 24 for 30 of 35 for 301 and two touchdowns through the year. Then he ran 17 times for 78 yards. Saquon looked good. He looked promising, man. This team, I don't know. They're kind of one of those teams. And the, the Giants have been this team before. Like, they've got enough of the pieces. Their defense is solid. Daniel Jones looks good. They got a good back in Saquon. Can they just kind of go on one of those little dumb Cinderella runs where they just kind of go and do it and figure it out? Hmm. I'm kind of rooting for it. Just kind of rooting for it. And good. And good. The stupid fucking Vikings lost. Go gritty somewhere else. Gritty gritty your way onto the offseason, losers. God. Does anyone like the Vikings? If you like the Vikings, I'm sorry. You may need to reassess your life. Ravens-Bengals, Sunday night. Ugly game, ugly game, ugly first half. The Bengals, who we talked a lot last year in the playoffs about the Bengals and really struggling to protect protect Joe Burrow. They go out and do what they need to, sure up that line, and now they're just dropping like flies. In the last three games of the regular season, they lost the linemen in every game. Not great. Allowed four sacks last night. But hey, they they got lucky. They get a 98-yard fumble recovery return touchdown. A little block in the back may not have been called against, you know, that went on Mark Andrews. And they take it to the house. And that is the difference. That's the difference. Oh, I didn't update you guys on the... Uh, the betting daddy tells me he thinks he goes three and three, three and three for daddy, which all things considered, we should stand up. If you're out there, listen, just stand up and give daddy a round of applause. That, uh, that was one of his best performances he's ever given us here. He won Georgia, the 49ers and the giants. He's lost on the bills, the Jags. And then he says Ravens with a star. Because the Ravens did not have Lamar Jackson. He was under the impression that they would. I had myself at four and two. Wait, three and two. Three and two. I said Georgia, so call it four and two. By the way, Georgia routed TCU. Did we? Was that just this last week? Yeah, it must have been. Georgia routes T- TCU. Georgia's way better. We've known that all along. Moving on. So, three and two for me. We'll give Daddy three and two, too. A winning record for Daddy. Winning record. Cowboys head to Tampa Bay tonight to finish up super, super, super wildcard weekend. Tampa Bay is getting three points at home. Home dog in primetime. Think about it. Think about it. We'll, uh, We'll have more on that. There will be a Monday Night Football denim. So going forward. Next week, divisional matchups, all of them are out. Everything's set. The only thing we need to know is if it's going to be Dallas or Tampa Bay heading to San Francisco. So Saturday, we're going to start off with the Jags and the Chiefs. Chiefs are getting eight or giving eight and a half. Do the Jags have a little like the big question is do the Jags have a little letdown after a big playoff comeback, emotional win? Are they able to kind of keep the momentum going to, to give the Chiefs a run, or are the Chiefs just too good? I mean, like we talked about last week, last time the Chiefs were playing, they were playing ring around the Rosie before they were snapping the ball. So, hey, I like what the Chiefs are doing. I'll lay the eight and a half. Give me the Chiefs. Giants getting seven and a half go to Philadelphia in the game Saturday night. Pair of division rivals matching up here. I told you I'm on the Giants bandwagon, so take this pick for what it is. Give me the seven and a half. Eagles have been not awesome coming down the stretch, dealing with a little bit of injury that hurts. A week off, probably very helpful to them. I still like the Giants. They feel like they've got something going. They've got a little mojo, if you will. 
I'm all in on Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley. Sunday, lead us off. The game we thought we were getting in Week 17 before the unfortunate DeMar Hamlin incident. I'm pumped for this one. Hopefully, the Bengals and the Bills bring their A games. Not necessarily the stuff we saw this past weekend. So, Bengals, Bills, Bengals are getting four at Buffalo. I'll take the four points. I don't know if the Bengals go into Buffalo and win, but I'll take the four points. I, I, I'm i leaning towards the Bengals. I would maybe sprinkle, a little sprinkle on the Bengals' money line. Oh, by the way, we did say sprinkle the Giants' money line against the Vikings, too. So you could add a little extra point for both Daddy and I. Man, Daddy had a successful run the more we talk about it. Check him out. Maybe we should have brought him back. Sorry, Daddy. Maybe you'll come back. You're coming back for the Super Bowl as long as we can get that worked out. You got to do better on your props than two and fourteen. So, and then yeah, we got Bucks or Cowboys at the 49ers. Gosh, I don't know what that line's going to be, but I like the 49ers to win. If it's the Cowboys, got to think that's four or five. If the Bills are given four, it, it may be more. It could be five or six. I like the 49ers to win for sure. If the line is six or less, I like the 49ers on the line too. So a couple coaching notes before we wrap up the NFL and super wildcard weekend. Sean McVay, he's going to stay in Los Angeles and coach the Rams. And uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he's going to stay in Thailand this year. About a one-way ticket. One, one-way one trip to Thailand for Cliff Kingsbury. Not interested in coaching. Not interested in putting up another losing season. Somehow he'll be like the most wanted coach. He, he's going to be off for a year. Mark my words. I'm going to be so wrong in this, but I don't care. I'm Actually, I think I'm going to be right. But if I'm wrong, you know what's new. But mark my words. He's going to come back out of Thailand and be like, I am refreshed and I am ready to coach. And some idiot is going to give him like a seven-year, $135 million contract. And he's going to go seven and nine, nine and eight, four and 11, four and 13, and get fired halfway through it. Because that's what he does. I don't know why I became such a Cliff Kingsbury hater, but here we are. Okay, that's all for the NFL. Monday Night Football Addendum Playoff Editions on Super Wildcard Weekend. The game is not over, but I'm I'm done with it. It is 31 to 6 now. The Cowboys just conver- converted on fourth and four. They uh Maurer, Brett Maurer was not allowed, not allowed to come out and kick the field goal. He had missed four. Straight extra points at that point. But he did make the fifth. He made his fifth attempt, so he's now one for five on the night. Gotta wonder how that makes Cowboys fans feel if they need a field goal in San Fran next week. Like, are you going to be confident trotting him out there? Like, how are you going to feel about that? So, the story of this game is the Bucks' terrible offense. Couldn't run it. Brady looked bad. Couldn't stay on the field. Defense was getting tired. Just they even got a goal line stand at one point, but just it wasn't. They didn't get a goal line stand because then Tampa went for it. Tampa, sorry, not Tampa. Dallas went for it. Tampa almost got a goal line stand. Dallas went for it on fourth because apparently Mike McCarthy goes for it on fourth in the playoffs now. But yeah, Micah Parsons was all over the field in the first half. I guess he got injured, though. I literally, like, walked away from the first half for, with, like, six seconds left, and he I think he got injured. So, yeah, I, I just don't know if Brady has it anymore. It, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he was thinking about retirement last year. Maybe he's done. Has time finally won? They weren't good all year. A lot of people were like, you know, a lot of people, and kind of myself included, it got to be Tom Brady's in the playoffs, the GOAT. Eh. Problem is, they just weren't any good all year. That's true. They just weren't good. It's hard to overcome. They are who we thought they were. 
Or they are who they were. Maybe we thought they were something else. But yeah, so it looks like in barring one of the greatest NFL miracles of all time. Wait a second. Something happened? They're showing Jerry Jones up in the press box high-fiving people. Did the Bucks? Oh, no, the Bucks didn't turn over. Everyone was just celebrating. There's just under 10 minutes left. So this thing's over. So I would love to know, but I'm not staying up and delaying the podcast any longer. What the line would be for for Bucks? Maybe if you can probably Google this, somebody's going to have it. Cowboys Niners line. Because I'd love to know what it is to tell you guys something here. Yeah, I'm not gonna find it. I like the I like the 49ers to win. Cowboys win. It was impressive enough. Bucks look bad. So that wraps up super wild card weekend. See woo shaking that ass, shaking that ass, shaking that ass. See woo Kim, Sony Open winner. I might have watched thirty minutes, threw it on at the end of the night. Um, I don't know. Just it didn't call to me. It didn't call to me. And the leaderboard, not great, not great. But See woo, See woo has himself a nice week. He comes. Uh, what was he three back from Hayden Buckley to start the round? Chris Kirk takes a third, three back of Siwoo at the end of the uh the end of the weekend. Siwoo goes, not a bad little weekend for him. 67, 67, 64, 64. Birdie's 17 and 18 on Sunday for a Sunday 64, and then he begins to shake that ass. But yeah, that yeah, that's that's what I got for that tournament recap. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I didn't listen to anybody's takes on it. I, uh, yeah, that's what I got. So next week is the American Express. I'm guessing that leaderboard's not going to be great either. Haven't seen that. Then we start getting to the meat and potatoes. We got the Farmers, which is at Torrey Pine. Usually get a pretty good. Is that an elevated event this year? I got to look up what the elevated events are. But that usually gets a pretty good field. Then we go AT&T Pebble Beach. That one's field has been kind of dicey. But who knows? With Because a lot of the reason was they were all going to play that Saudi event. Okay, no. And then, then after that, Waste Management. That is an elevated event. 20 million purse. Super Bowl weekend in Phoenix. I believe the Super Bowl is in Phoenix this year. So... One more week of golf where it's kind of eh, and then we start getting into the the good stuff. Did see that the Netflix documentary the entitled Full Swing, similar to the Drive to Survive series that followed F1, is going to be coming out in February. Looks great. They picked a good year, as Ian Poulter said in the preview. I am excited. Great list of golfers. Uh, fun behind-the-scenes stuff should, should incur, you would have to imagine. A lot of talk. On live stuff and all that, you have to imagine. I'm excited. I'm excited. Looking forward to it. So, all right. That's what I got for golf this week. Sorry, not much in in that front. Flyers time. Check these guys out. They had won three in a row again. Three in a row, a little winning streak. They got their shit pushed in today against the Bruins, though. Oh, mama. Six nothing. I had it on in second screen while I was working. Just kind of every time I looked over, goal, goal, goal. Holy Christ! Just taking it. Now our uh, our our Flyers expert, T Man and H Man, they tell you that's good. Losses are wins. They want a better a better spot in the lottery. Flyers had won seven of their last ten going into the game, and they still have won seven of their last ten. So this loss replaced the loss. But they've been hot, man. Beat the Sabres 4-0 last Monday. Then back-to-back wins against the Capitals. A little home-and-home Wednesday-Saturday action. Scoring some goals. Four goals, five goals, three goals. 
uh, I don't know who this team is, what they're thinking. Five and two in the in the new year in 2023. They got the Ducks and the Blackhawks coming up. Those are winnable games for sure. Big week, big week. Lots happening. So five games this week. Already got one out of the way. So four more to come. So host the Ducks, host the Blackhawks. Those are for sure winnable games. They're not very good. The Red Wings. The Red Wings are okay. About the same. They're 18, 16, and 7. Flyers are 18, 19, and 7. Red Wings were one of my other teams I considered uh, jumping on the bandwagon of. But their announcers were just, they thought it was really quiet and were really boring. No energy. No energy to be shared. I couldn't do it. Gotta have some, gotta have some life, some pep, some zest. And then the Winnipeg Jets, who I think are also kind of bad. I could be wrong there. Nope, nope, very wrong, very wrong. Who was I thinking of? Oh, I'm not even thinking of the Vancouver Canucks. The Winnipeg Jets are good. So three very winnable games and a tough one. Now, wins, are they good or are they bad? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But it was nice watching the Flyers beat the Capitals Saturday night. It was nice watching them. It's nice to watch them win, but then at the end of it, you're like, ooh, should I have actually been rooting for the win? You never know. You never know. But yeah, four more games this week. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. All the Flyers you can handle. Fight game. We have some news. We have some news and things to talk about. Are they actual fights? Eh, kind of. Sort of. Some in, some in the works. Some are done. Some are in the future. Some may never happen. Let's start with the ones that I think will never happen. Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia. It's in trouble. Sunday, Oscar De La Hoya tweeted, I have no contract. Deadline for me is Monday or I'm moving on. Hashtag Davis Garcia. I've been saying for a long time. Don't count your chickens until they hatch. Like, I will believe it when they're doing a press tour, and I'll really believe it when they're weighing in, and I'll actually believe it when they step into the ring on fight night. Because this thing just seems like there's no chance that it's actually making it there. Between Trevante's problems, between Ryan Garcia backing out of fights. See, now, by not taking that little <clears throat> interim fight in January, now, now, like Tank Davis just did, now if this fight like gets pushed to like June or July, now he's sitting around thinking, well, I haven't fought in X number of months. He'll take a fight, and then Tank will take a fight, and then this thing goes bye-bye. If this thing gets made, I'll be ecstatic, but I don't see it, man. I just don't see it. It's, it's what, 5.30 on Monday night? No more news from De La Hoya or anything else in the scuttlebutt that I've seen. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see at the end of the night if something happens. I know Steven Espinosa, the guy who runs Showtime, was like, oh, it's normal to not have contracts until the week of the fight. I, I don't know that I've ever heard that before. That seems like a awful idea, but boxing is run by fucking idiots, so maybe, maybe. Other boxing news, again, now that we'll, so we can go talk about fights that will never happen. First, a fight that will happen. Errol Spence Jr. is going to fight in April. He'll fight Keith Thurman. Former welterweight, 147-pound division champion. This fight would have been a great fight four years ago. Right up Boxing's Alley to give you a fight four years too late. This would have been a great fight in 2019 or 2020. You probably could have even sold it pretty well in 2021. 2023? No thanks. Don't care. When was the last time Keith Thurman thought, fought? Oh, and also, this fight's not even going to be at welterweight. It's not going to be for Spence's titles at welterweight. The three of them he holds. It's going to be at 154, junior middleweight. Because Thurman can't make 150, can't make 147 anymore. That's my guess. And then... 
Spence is going to move on up. So you know what we're not getting? We're not getting Spence and Crawford for undisputed at 147. That's more. Thurman has fought more recently than I fought. He fought in February of 2022. I forgot that this fight even happened. He won a unanimous decision against Mario Barrios. Previously, he had last fought against Manny Pacquiao in July of 2019. So since 2019, he fought twice in 2019. 2020 on, he's fought one time. Like, What idiot is going to go buy this fight? And I'm known for buying a lot of dumb fights. Who buys this? Spence Crawford will never happen now, I don't think. And if it does, it happens when no one gives a shit. It won't happen at 147. It'll happen at like 154. Because Errol Spence Jr., he's... Is he 32? Something like that. Crawford's like 36. So it won't be for Undisputed at welterweight. They're, they're best weight classes each, but stupid. Uh, UFC, UFC, some news and notes. But first, let's talk a fight. Sean Strickland won. That dude's incredible. Just listen to him talk. He is. He's a character. You're going to. It's a, it's a show when he talks, too. Uh, but the big news, <clears throat> two big things. First off, Francis Ngannou has been allowed out of his UFC contract. What's he going to do? Where's he going to go? That vacates the heavyweight title. So you want to know what's happening for that? John Jones is coming back. Yes, sir. He very interested to see this. John Jones has not fought himself since 2020. However, when you're possibly the greatest UFC fighter of all time, you retain a little bit more oomph if you will, a little bit more desire to see you than you do if you're Keith Thurman fighting for nothing at 154. So John Jones is going to come back. He's going to fight Cyril Gaon. Could be Gain. I don't know. And that's going to be for the UFC heavyweight title, I believe I saw. I don't have a super problem. I don't have a real problem with John Jones getting a title fight after three years out of the ring. He's John Jones. He's never really lost a fight. He has that loss on his record, but he's never really lost a fight. Now, he didn't look awesome his last couple fights at at light heavyweight, if I can remember correctly. His last win was Dominic Reyes. That was the February of 2020, right before the world ended. Tiago Santos. He could have lost that fight. He could have lost that fight to Santos. And Anthony Smith. That one was interesting, too. So, a couple of weird ones there. So, yeah, John Jones is back. I'm pumped. Can't wait. I'll be getting that one. And, yeah, that's that's the fight game. So, you know, a little little intrigue. A little intrigue out there in the world. All the good intrigue is in UFC, though. John Jones. Here comes the GOAT. What's up, everybody? It's uh, MJ here. It's been a long time. Feels like a long time since I was on here. Wally, I've been enjoying the pod. I've missed a couple, you know, with a busy schedule and and work and everything. But I got two things for you. One's a quick question. Uh, First question is, you know, college basketball is in the swing of things. You know, I hope you're going to talk about that. But our Tar Heels... Man, I I just don't know what to make of them, Uh, you know. So I'd like to get your thoughts on maybe like a sleeper pick for the NCAA tournament uh, championship. I think for me, um, as a big college basketball guy, I really like the way Marquette uh, is playing. Uh, Shaka Smart does a really good job, especially come tournament time. So right now I think their odds are like plus 1,200 to win it all. So I think that would be a great pick for somebody. Uh, Also, Cowboys going to lose tonight, Monday Night Football. So – MJ with his draft analysis will be starting up very soon. Hope everybody's excited. Have a good one, everybody. MJ, MJ. Yeah, MJ. Uh, the heels don't know what to make of them either. Either they, uh, they uh, I don't know. 
it's they're weird. Like they're they're winning games they should, but they're getting beat up in games they shouldn't. A couple games this week, lost to Virginia. Virginia's a solid team for sleepers. There you go. There's one. By the way, Virginia. I kind of like Auburn too. Yeah, back to the heels. Lose to Virginia, beat Louisville. Like the competitive again. I don't think they've gotten blown out in any game this year, really either. They lost Virginia Tech by eight. Louisiana by twelve. Lost to Alabama, who's turned out to be very good by two in double overtime. Iowa State by five. The games they lose, they're right there. They just make their threes. They gotta find some more scoring. I've been seeing some different guys on the court. They got a couple winnable games this week. Boston College, NC State. They're right there in the ACC regular season standings. Clemson seven and zero. Other than that, five and two, a ton of five and twos. Uh, three, five, four, and threes, and a three and four. Like, it's all right there, and then the bottom is bad. Like, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Louisville, they're bad. But Florida State's not great either. They're three and four. But nine on up. So, North Carolina, Duke, NC State, Pitt, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Virginia, Miami, and Clemson. Clemson's kind of out ahead of everybody. But everybody else from nine up is one game apart. Clemson could be a sleeper pick. I mean, they're atop the atop the ACC standings, and they're not ranked. If I'm if I'm looking at this correctly, as long as I'm not missing it. So, yeah, you never know. I, I think you're getting a little ahead of yourself with the Cowboys. By the way, I don't I don't know that we can just guarantee a loss from them just yet. Maybe hold off. Just around the corner. Getting close to the game time. Monday night football. Super wild card weekend. But yeah, the heels. I think they're close. I don't know why I think that. I just think they just need something to go in their direction. Beat Boston College. Then you got a chance to get some good wins. Get a good win up in Syracuse. Get a good win hosting Pitt. Get a good win over NC State. Build some momentum going into that first Duke game that's at Cameron. Win that, and then you're then you can go. If that'll happen. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. That's uh, that's what I got for you, MJ. Thanks for uh, thanks for thanks for bringing back sixty seconds with MJ. It's been too. Let's do some passing thoughts. So I had a request to kind of walk through this WWE situation that's been popping up this past week. So we got to go back a little bit. We got to go back in time. A couple months back, Vince McMahon. Things start coming to light that apparently he's had some extramarital affairs. I don't think anybody was surprised by that. One of the things that got him in trouble, though, was apparently he was using WWE funds to pay these ladies off. That was seen as a no-no. The old man who is, shit, he's got to be almost, what's he, 77? Let's look that up. Was asked to pretty much step down. Was him a film producer? Yeah, 77 years old. <clears throat> sexual, I didn't know there were sexual assault charges. That's what this says. Six months after announcing retirement. So six months, he was gone. So, he retires. Triple H, his real-life son-in-law, who is married to his real-life daughter, Stephanie McMahon, takes over as the head of creative. The person in charge of deciding what happens. Deciding who wins and what storylines are going to go on and, and what wrestlers will be hired and fired and etc. And Stephanie became a co-CEO. Co-CEO. Not long before Vince had to resign or retire, whatever you want to call it, Stephanie had taken a leave of absence. And then when this all happened, she came back and stepped into this co-CEO role with a gentleman by the name of Nick Khan. Nick Khan, who has been running 
the CEO type stuff, and he's uh, he's a high up in the business side of WWE. So everything's going fine, and you know the the people in the internet wrestling community, the IWC, the Marks as they may be called, were they were ecstatic. Bye, Vince, you old crusty man. You are so wrong for this business. You don't know what you're doing anymore. Triple H will save the day. Man, did those fuckers have a meltdown when, when Vince weaseled his way back in with two other people to get on the board with him that are essentially his, you know, just cronies to do what he's told. So he weasels his way back in. He's back. The rumblings are that he is going to come back to pursue a sale of WWE. Right as this happens, Stephanie steps down as CEO, saying she had originally gone and taken this leave of absence, and that she's going to do this. Word from how Vince got his way back in is that he still holds a large majority of the, I think, Class B shares. I'm not certain on how that all works. He still holds so many shares that he can outvote anything else. The McMahon family still has the controlling interest even though WWE is a publicly traded company. So he says, I will not approve any sale of the company unless I am back on the board and as chairman of the board to run the negotiations and to set that sale up. So all this happens. Stephanie, a woman, let's remember this part for this next part. Stephanie, a woman, steps down as co-CEO to leave a single male CEO, Nick Khan. All of a sudden, <clears throat> and it's reported that they've hired J.P. Morgan to act as a consultant to help them pursue sales. Sales of multi-billion dollar companies don't happen overnight. So all of a sudden, Vince is back. Within like three days, it's WWE's getting sold to the Saudis. The Saudi Investment Fund, or whatever that thing is, same thing that funds Live, it funds... The Asian Golf Tour, it funds some uh, F1 stuff. That's going to buy WWE. All of a sudden, it was like, holy shit, this is happening. And I read it, and I was like, holy shit. The tea leaves make sense. Vince is back. Stephanie steps down. Saudi Arabia wants to spend all this money. They've been having a deal with WWE for years, where WWE's been running pay-per-view events from Saudi Arabia which are basically just like sucking up to the, the, the one of the crown princes over there. I don't know if it's MBS or not. So this all makes sense. They're getting the woman out of the way because the Saudis aren't dealing with women. Vince is back to, to handle this because Vince has been instrumental in setting up all the current deals with Saudi Arabia. And then I started to think, you can't sell a multi-billion dollar company in two days. I'm like, this sounds fishy. And I'm like, where are these coming from? What are the reports? Well, it all starts from like a Reddit post. And then one random guy on Twitter. I'm like, hang on. Is anybody with any, you know, any insight posting this? And I start looking. I'm looking like, this is weird. I'm like, I hope this isn't true. So I don't know if I'm I'm hoping it's not true. Because I like WWE. I want to watch WWE. I don't know if I want to watch WWE run by the Saudis. So I'm like, am I actually wanting this to be fake? Or is it actually fake? So I'm caught. I'm trying to decide if if my... My sensibilities are, are taking over my critical thinking. Turns out it's fake. So all of this. So there are wrestling groups out there. I'm in one. It's fucking wild. These people are the biggest idiots you've ever met in your life. So after, so after they have their absolute fucking meltdowns, like two-year-old temper tantrum meltdowns that Vince is going to sell to the Saudis. These meltdowns happen almost weekly. They go into the conspiracy theories that Vince did this to test the waters. And hey, maybe he really is pursuing a deal with the Saudis and someone just hits their guests close to home. That could happen. Like if this comes out and Vince sells it to the Saudis, I'm not saying that what like that's never going to happen. But these people were like, oh, they were just testing the waters to see to see how everybody reacted. I'm like, Jesus Christ, do you motherfuckers not know what stock manipulation is? Like, that's not how it works. You don't just get to lie about shit and hope it comes out. You could be fined multiple millions of dollars by the SEC. 
your stocks can be stopped from trading. Oh, yeah. If you ever want to kick and to see some really unstable people in life, join a wrestling group on like Facebook or, or follow wrestling Twitter. These people are nuts. Nuts. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. So there, there's where it is. Vince McMahon's back. He's the chairman of WWE again. He is the chairman of the board. He is not involved in making the TV shows at this time. At this time. There are claims that there has been a a wrestler meeting that says he will not be coming back to that. But it's Vince and who knows. This guy's a fucking psycho himself. So that's the update on the WWE for whoever. I, I know I got a couple asked for it. But most of you are probably like, why the fuck did he just rattle on about WWE for that long? Well, we're done now. Sip of water and let's move on. Continuing down the Yellowstone paths, caught up with both Yellowstone and Yellowstone 1923. I don't think it's actually called Yellowstone 1923. I think it's just called 1923. Let's start with 1923. They only have four episodes. They're on like hiatus for like another three weeks. They really nail you. They're like, oh, 1923 is out. Here's a free month of Paramount. It's like, oh, this is awesome. Free month, there's only like three episodes out. I'll get them all in. Yep, turns out, nope, you got to wait. Your free month will be totally expired by the time they start putting the new episodes out again. Dicks. Uh, Harrison Ford, still got it. Still got it, Harrison Ford. And this gentleman, Brandon Skelnar? Tell you what, he's a good-looking man. He plays one of the uh, one of the sons of Tim McGraw's guy from 1883. So I've enjoyed it. it was, like I said, just four episodes. So they're really just kind of setting it up, but I found it interesting. I like, I kind of like the period pieces. I think that, you know, the 1920s and thirties and it's an interesting time period to explore. So I found it interesting. I liked it. Yellowstone, the original Yellowstone caught up. I'm good. It's, I, I you know, the first episode, it wasn't doing it for me. They've kind of righted the ship in my mind. So I'm back. I'm back on the bandwagon. I was off for a couple months, but I'm back. But now I say I have to wait till summer because they did like a half up season. So now we wait till the summer to, to finish it up. So cool. Cool. Where are we at? This one was weird. I'm not on Twitter for like one day this past week. And I come back. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing all this stuff about gas stoves. Like, I'm starting to see memes about, like, FBI dudes, but they've replaced FBI with, like, gas stove unit. You know, criminal justice unit or special victims unit. And they've got gas stove unit. I'm like, what the? What is going on? I don't understand. What's the problem with a gas stove? And I start reading more and more. And there's all these things about how we got to get rid of gas stoves. Like the stove in your kitchen, gas stove. We're 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 on a witch hunt. And it's like, and then it's people are like, leave my gas stove alone. And then there's the article, the people defending gas stoves are trying to gas. I'm like, what? I'm like, what is happening? What is going on with gas stoves? I go away from Twitter for one day and I come back and we're we're on a crusade to end gas stoves. I don't understand. I don't understand. Make it all make sense. So Joe Biden had some classified documents that he uh, he's taken home with him from when he was the vice president. Just interesting how everybody's reacted to that. They were okay, though. They were locked up next to his Corvette. Don't worry. Don't worry. No big deal. No big deal. Don't worry about it. Just move along. Move along. The Georgia players apparently somehow ordered wings at halftime. I saw a video of him like eating chicken wings on the sideline. I mean, got to keep yourself busy. The game wasn't any good. Gosh, what a blow! Sixty-five to seven was that? What at sixty-two to seven, sixty-three? One of those. A lot to a little. Yeesh, yeesh, oofta, oofta. Caught a couple of movies this past week. Couple of movies. First, Miami Vice. The was like mid two thousands. Colin Farrell, Jamie Foxx, directed by Michael Mann. A lot of other people you'd know in there. Uh, the guy that played Dom from Entourage. He was also in The Wire. The big bald white dude. 
Justin Thoreau is in it. Oh, who's the who? I gotta look him up. He's like a crazy talking guy who likes help set him up, help help set up uh, Crockett and Tubbs. He's in a ton of movies, and I can't think of his name. I gotta find it here. Oh, not the movie, movie, movie. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna find him here. Don't worry. Stay with me, people. Stay with me. Eddie Marzon. That's his name. He's in a ton of different stuff. He's in Gangs of New York. V for... What's he in V for Vendetta? Yeah, he's in V for Vendetta. Mission Impossible 3. Hancock. He's the bad guy in Hancock. Oh, he's in Sherlock Holmes. That's the end that we know him from. Deadpool 2 is the head. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so that guy. Yeah, a bunch of good people in this. Uh, the Whoever the cop is that's, like, the head cop for the, um, like, the main police officer that is Crockett and Tubbs' boss. He's, you'd know him if you see him. John Hawks is also in it. John Hawks, you've seen him in a ton of different stuff. Good movie. Good movie. Soundtrack is awesome. Soundtrack is awesome. Had uh, Linkin Park and Jay-Z, Numb Encore. That was a big deal back in the day, I remember. That was, like, groundbreaking. That's in it. A lot of Audio Slave, which leads me to my next point. Audio Slave slaps. Chris Cornell with Rage Against the Machine. Hell, hell of a combination. Really, uh, really great band. Been really listening to a lot of Audio Slave lately. Check it out. Check it out if you haven't listened to Audio Slave in a while. And then, other movie I watched for the first time, Along Came Polly. I had never seen it, but I had seen a ton of it. Like, I'd seen clips of it. Like, the scuba scene, the basketball scene, the salsa scene. Like, I've seen all these different scenes. Funny movie. Good movie. Hank Azaria as, uh, what's his name? Oh, you, you scuba? Are you here for the scuba? I can't think of Hank Azaria's name. Uh, Kevin Hart is also in it. Good, good, good movie. I really enjoyed it. Let me see what Hank Azaria's name. I can't think of it, and it's really going to annoy me. Claude. Claude. That was his name, Claude. So, yeah. All right. That's all I got. Let's go wrap this thing up. Closing time, everybody. Gather up your jackets. Move it to the exits. So thank you guys. Thank you for another week of of support. I appreciate that. I appreciate all you. I appreciate everyone who's listening to this podcast, whether you've been in America or one of the many other places in this world where my podcast has been listened to. Germany, Scotland, England, somewhere else. Got to get to the website. Germany, Ireland, Canada, Italy, United Kingdom, Hungary, Switzerland, Slovakia, Australia, Mexico, Belgium, Sweden, Ukraine, Lithuania, Kenya, Austria, Denmark, Japan, and Turkey. I appreciate all of you people. We're back next week. We got more golf to cover. Again, not a great tournament. We got more football to cover. It's the playoffs, baby. Playoffs. We'll be back next week. Till then, I appreciate all you guys. See you later. Peace.